0: Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening.
1: Welcome. You're here for the finale. This is our final part four of this series called Connecting Heaven and Earth. Uh, If you have not been here, and I would encourage you, go watch online. We've even been giving out some of the prayers. We've summarized these prayers down into little cards and giving them out on the way out the door, and we'll do the same today, and it's because here's what we determined a long time ago, is that we all pray in life. We all do it. Some of you don't even believe in God, you still pray, just in case, and some of you pray when you're desperate, some of you pray devotionally, and that's what I would encourage you to do. We'll talk about that a little bit today, but we all pray, and the Bible has some incredible prayers that we've looked at, like this one guy named Jabez, he prayed a prayer that put me to shame. He prayed a prayer that was just so big and ambitious, and it made God really, really big, and it made God really, really love me. And I'm like, man, God, what if God really, really wanted to just bless my socks off? And he praised the prayer, huge, ambitious prayer that God would bless him, and God answers, and it made me realize, wow, I don't think I pray enough blessing over my own life. And then, and then in the week two, we looked at a, a different person's prayer. We looked at their prayer and how Moses actually just prayed for other people. He prayed for his people who were lost and what that looked like. And it's fascinating because more than praying as much as he did asking, he did arguing on behalf of the people. And it's, it's incredible. You need to guess part two, part three, this is last week. This is what we all know too, is not only do we pray, but many times we pray because we we've screwed up. Um, Real quiet, just want to see what happened. We got real quiet in here. We, we all blow it at times in life. We all make a mistake. We all we all go into our kids' uh, bedroom when they won't go to sleep. And we're like, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And so um and we blow it. Y'all ever done that with your kids when they're when they're crying and they won't go to bed? That's never mind, I won't tell you who did that. But but we 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 blow it. And what do you do in the aftermath of having totally blown it and lost it and done something terrible, said something awful? What do you do? And David. Oh, David did something awful. As a matter of fact, I would dare to say, as bad as you think you might be, or as bad as you think you were in your past, I bet, I bet we could have a contest, I bet David would beat you. That's just, I'm just taking a guess. Maybe you got him beat, that's why you're here today, but, but I'm telling you, he, he did a doozy. And he prays a prayer of repentance. And he shows you what you do in the moment after you blow it and you come back to God. And so anyway, all that being said, today we're going to take a look at what I think is the ultimate prayer. It is the apex prayer. It is the model prayer that when you pray on any given day, you follow this model and you follow this teaching. And so um, uh, as we prepared and planned for this series, though, I started looking at and I thought, "What well, God, what are the prayers of the Bible that you want us to cover? And, and that's how I planned. just so you know, like... We, we, we pray as we plan and as we plan, we pray and then we let God lead us. And I looked at this prayer and I thought, man, I really think that, that actually I don't want to talk about this prayer it is, and the reason why is because I've talked about it in the past and I know that when, when, when you hear a fresh voice talk about something, new ideas pop and there's even a new tone and a kind of a new spirit on it. And so I looked at it and I said, Delano, I really think, and we, we, just so you know, Delano and I have these huge conversations about our sermon series and we, we talk about like, okay, what about this? What about this? this and what about these scriptures and what about these ideas and and, and that's how we kind of put a lot of this stuff together and so as we talked about this series and as we talked about this message in particular I just felt compelled I'm not out of town if you noticed I'm not this is not a hologram okay I'm I'm here but I just felt like regardless of whether the fact I'm here I think Delano has something important to say on this particular prayer and so I wanted him to speak this message and so I want you to give him your best give him a big hometown welcome Delano Araya this morning
0: You guys are way too kind. You always make me feel so good every time I'm up here. Um, just like Pastor Todd was saying today, I hope you're excited because we cover what we would consider the gold standard of prayer. I mean, we covered some big prayers. God, expand my territory. God, please draw this person closer to you. I mean, we've covered some incredible, incredible prayers, but I hope you're excited today because the gold standard, we're going to deliver the gold standard today. Now, and for this particular series, um, I know for me personally, I've been excited about it because um, I would say that in my personal prayer life, uh, it, it's a fairly new development over the last few years. I've had to work at it. I've had to develop my personal prayer life over the last few years. And I know for some of you, prayer comes pretty easy. I mean, I know a handful of people in the church. I mean, it's just effortless. It seems like you. I'm a little jealous. Right. I mean, I'm a little jealous of some of you guys' prayer life, and that's why I've personally um, enjoyed this series. Uh, But when the Lord's Prayer is introduced, there's an interesting dynamic that happens. Jesus is praying one day, and clearly he was doing something just slightly different. Clearly what he was doing caught the attention of the disciples, because right after he's done praying, the disciples walk up to him and like, Jesus, Why does your prayer sound so different than ours? Why does your prayer seem like it has so much more power behind it than mine does? And here's what's interesting. These were, for the most part, Jewish men. For the most part, these men had grown up praying. I mean, they were taught how to pray from a very, very young age. And yet, even in the middle of that, when they heard Jesus pray, like, wow, he does it completely different there is something powerful about the way that he does it what is it about what i'm doing that just seems a little bit off and maybe you guys feel the same way maybe you feel the same way that i have felt before the last few years where like god i just i want my prayer life to be stronger I, i i don't have you guys ever felt like this like am i even doing this right like, am I, is there, you know, cause I, I go to a prayer meeting and I hear some people and it's just like they could pray for an hour straight and it's like the words just come to them and I hear that. I'm like, okay, I got 30 seconds of prayer time. I'll usually open up service and I'll pray for us. And that 30 second prayer, that's what I got. It's genuine, but that's what I got. But I hear some people. I'm like, gosh, what, well, do, do I need to sound more like them? Do, what, well, am I even getting this thing down? Have any of you ever felt like that before? And so the disciples felt that way. And so they go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, you have to teach us to do what you do. Because I thought I knew how to pray. I thought I knew what to say. But clearly, there's something way more powerful about the way that you're doing it. And I want to know. Say, so Jesus, teach me how to pray. And so he begins he opens up right away to teach them how to pray. He begins in Matthew chapter six, verse five. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly. I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now I can only imagine that this is probably not a problem for us today. Like if, if, if you guys are out on the street corners just praying super loud, openly, personal prayers about you, that, that, okay, just, just go ahead and stop that right now. We're, we're gonna go ahead and just get that out the way. That's, that's not how we want to be praying. So I can only imagine that not too many of us are doing. Now, don't get me wrong, in, in, in this time, in this day, this actually was an issue. Like, showy prayers were the thing. And some of these, it's so funny because when you read what went on in this day, some of these prayers were kind of messed up. I mean, they would literally stand on the street corner and they would pray things like, God, thank you so much that I'm not messed up like this person right over here. It was awful. It was terrible. But again, I can't imagine that any of us are running into this particular issue. I can't imagine that any of us are running into this particular problem. However, what I do want you to notice is this, is that very quickly, Jesus implies that there is a reward in praying. That we should be praying, and there is promised a reward. And then he continues. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door. So, because you're gonna go ahead and pray now, and because God wants you to have the reward that comes with prayer. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into the room, close the door, just get alone, get away from all the distractions, just be by yourself. I just want you to be intentional. Here's where you start. I just want you to be intentional about prayer. Because let's be honest, if we were to take an honest look at some of our prayer lives, chances are we have limited our prayers to crisis mode. Right. Like sometimes the only time we ever pray is when the bank account is low. Sometimes the only time we ever pray is when we're stuck in traffic for an hour and a half and a hundred and four. I was I, the, the reason I'm saying this is because I was just stuck in traffic on Friday. we were coming home from Santa Cruz and we're like, we got to beat the traffic. We got to beat the traffic. We get in the car. Grass fire everywhere accident big rig over here It took us forever to just crawl and that wasn't that bad I was with some great friends, but for some of us, that's the only time we're ever praying And and, and granted you should be because we want to say other words when we're stuck in traffic and I'd much rather those be prayerful words But it's true if we were to take an honest look at our prayer lives. I mean think about it some of our some of our lives when it comes to our prayers It's just limited to crisis mode. And Jesus is saying, look, look, I want you to be intentional about prayer. I want you to just get away from all the distractions. I want you to just take a moment so that you're not thinking about other things and just think on God. Now, just so you know, there's nothing wrong with those prayers. There's nothing evil about praying when the bank account is low. All right? I remember growing up having to do that a lot. Okay, when I was a kid, we had to do that a lot. There's nothing wrong with praying some of these crisis mode prayers. As a matter of fact, when it comes to crisis mode, we should be praying. That should be a natural reaction. And I want that for all of you. But we dare not limit our prayer life to just crisis mode. We should be intentional about our prayers. And then he goes on. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, again, he eludes this idea, will reward you. But I want you to pay attention here. I want you to just dwell on this thought. Dwell on the thought, because I think if we could really get this from our head to our heart, this would be motivation enough for us to pray. The idea that if we're intentional about our prayers, God himself promises that, look, I hear you. Imagine the confidence you would have if you knew every single time you walked into the room, you closed the door, you went for that walk, you set aside that space, there was a confidence in you that you knew without a doubt 100% that God hears you, that he is with you. I mean, if that's not motivation enough to just say, okay, as long as I'm intentional about this, I know that my God who loves me will be there to hear me. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, I need to take a step back and mention something about this idea of reward. We should go ahead and get this out of the way now. The idea of reward is not, God, give me exactly what it is that I ask for. Like That's not the reward. The reward is not, okay, God, I'm going to go ahead and pray for this, and I want you to give me exactly what I asked for. If that were true, every single one of us as teenagers would have had the sports car when we were 16, right? I mean, if, well, this is Livermore. All of us would have had the lifted truck, right, when we were 16 years old. If this is actually how it worked, all of us would have got that A that I didn't study for, right? God, I know I didn't study. Now, I'm, I'll be completely honest with you. I have prayed that prayer before. I have God, I know I'm usually really, really good about this, Lord. If you'll just give me this A this one time, I promise the next test, I'll go ahead and study. If this is, ladies, if this is how it works, you would all have dated the hottest guy in high school. Right? <laughs> She's, I, she prayed that prayer before. She's like, yeah, I know his name. I know exactly what I prayed. God didn't answer that prayer. Why? Because that's not exactly how it works. That's not the reward. The the reward is not God give me exactly what I asked for. If that were true, all of us would have the best parking spot here right now outside in the parking lot, which we know is impossible. We can't all have the best parking spot. you got to get here early. All right. Then he continues, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Now, although we probably don't struggle with going out on the street corner and shouting our prayers, showy, big showy prayers, although we don't struggle with that, this this I would say we do struggle with. At least I know for me personally, I have in the past. The idea of babbling Is this idea right here. If I could just say. The right words. If I could just put the words. In the right order if I could just pray maybe five extra minutes and just keep that length going maybe if I could just raise the volume up a few more decibels then maybe then God will actually hear me if I could just put the right string of words together maybe I could twist God's arm and to actually giving me what I want and we laugh but let's be completely honest is it just me I know I've done that before I thought, okay, if I could sound extra holy, if I could just go, okay, what time is it? 7.30. I can go to 7.45. Okay, you know what? 7.52. I'm going to tack on an extra seven minutes, right? This is something that we struggle with today. We struggle with the idea of babbling, but this isn't how prayer works, It's not how prayer works. The idea of twisting God's arms just so I can get what I want, just so God will give me that reward that I think is God. You'll give me whatever it is that ask for. And here's the thing. Not only is this not how prayer works, you should actually be grateful that this is not how prayer works. Because let's be completely honest. If some of you actually thought back to some of your prayers, you're thankful that God did not say yes or answer those prayers. Ladies, that Mr. Hot Guy in high school, he's not so hot anymore. Right? You're like, God, oh, I dodged a bullet there. Thank you that you did not answer that. Here's a sobering thought. Had God had said yes to some of those prayers, that might have been the very ruin of us. I could tell you this. When it came to some of my prayers, maybe about jobs, about women, yes, women, it's a scary thought to think, that had thought to think, I like that, that had God had answered some of those prayers, I could very well not even be here in front of you right now. That I could have very, very well never met Pastor Todd. I could have never met my wife. I know for a fact that if God answered some of my prayers, I would have never met my wife. It scares me sometimes to think. It's a sobering thought to think that I would have not known any of you had God uh, um, answered some of my prayers. So we don't actually want prayer to work like this. Jesus continues, do not be like them. Your father already knows what you need before you ask. Don't be like the people who are just babbling. Don't extend an extra 20 minutes just to fill the time. Don't keep trying to twist my arm to give you what you want. As a matter of fact, you don't need to raise the volume. You don't need to tack on the extra words Because I already know what you're going to ask for. I already know what it is that you need. Let's not get phony. If I already know it, you're just wasting your time. Let's be genuine here. Don't continue to babble on. I already know what you need before you ask. Now we have a little bit of tension, though. Because for some of you are thinking about this, and you're thinking, well, if God already knows what I need, then what's the point in praying What's the reason I should pray? If God already knows what I'm going to need before I ask, why do I even go and ask for prayer? But remember, Jesus alluded twice already that there is a reward that comes with prayer. This then is how you should pray. And Jesus opens up with just two words. Just so you know, we could have spent the entire morning on just these two words alone because that's how powerful they are. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, be your name. He begins with one of the most intimate phrases, our father, as if to break down the barrier between people and God to say, you know what? Open up. You have a direct line to me. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He opened up direct line communication to God. So he says, I want you to open up with the most intimate phrase that I could think of, which is our father, because too many of us approach prayer like a business transaction. Like, okay, I've been this good. I've done these things. I've done these rituals. Now I've saved up some spiritual money, if you will. I've saved up some good deeds, if you will. I'm going to go cash these in. And I'm going to go ahead and go to God. And God, you know what? Since I've done this, now you can do this. Isn't that what a business transaction is? And business transactions are good. They It's exactly how they should work. But this is not how God wants us to approach him. But in a business transaction, we approach him and we say, God, I've done these things. I want you to do these things for me. In fact, the very nature of business is I have something for you. It's performance-based. God, I've done these things. I've done these things. You got something for me? Hey, God, I got some I got some spiritual things that I need to cash in. You, you, do, do you have something for me? It's all performance-based. And Jesus said, no, no, no. We're going to go ahead and do away with that. Our Father. Business says I have something for you. But Father says what I am to you. This is commitment-based. This is I already have a commitment to you. I already love you. I am already the family. I am already involved. You don't treat family like you do business transactions. At least most of us shouldn't, right? Some of you parents could attest to that. Like you love your kids regardless of performance. Some of you have to love your kids while they're in jail right now, right? And some of us kids have to love our parents while they're in jail right now. Been there before. Okay. I don't want to go into that, but it's, it's simply based off the relationship. This no longer is performance based our father, but then he very quickly, very quickly checks us a little bit. He says, hallowed be your name. Yes, God is your father. Yes, that line of communication is wide open for you to go uh, directly to him. But we dare not for a second forget who we are talking to. We dare not for a second forget how amazing, how incredible God actually is is, how big he really is. Let's not forget to give him the respect that he deserves. And he, what's, here's what's more amazing. This all-powerful, all-amazing, all-knowing God invites us to openly communicate, to openly talk with him. He continues, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is so big. I really, really, if you checked out, I'd need you to check back in right here. The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose it. The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose it. So when we go into prayer, we need to go into it with the mindset that, you know what, God, I am just bent just a little bit more towards your will. Before I ask for anything, because I'm already thinking about the things I need to ask for. I'm already thinking about the crisis mode. I'm already thinking about the things that I need to tell you. But before we even get to all of that, I need to check my heart and I need to make sure that as I pray, I am leaning towards your will. I am bent towards what you have For me before we even get to me. I need to surrender to him. Imagine leaving a prayer like that. How much more confident you would feel to think, you know what? I know I needed to ask for some things and I will. We'll get to that in just a second. But I am going to trust the all knowing, all powerful that he has a better plan than I do. That he actually may know me A little bit better than I even know myself that as much as he knows he may actually have a better plan for me. So before we even get to me, I'm going to go ahead and lean towards his will. It's when you get to this place. It's when we get to this place where we open up, we take a step back and we say, okay, God, your will over mine. It's when we get to that place where we actually get the reward that Jesus was referring to, which we already know is not God. Give me whatever it is that I ask for. The reward that Jesus is referring to is simply this. It's peace. The peace in knowing That this loving, all-powerful God has my best interests in mind. He knows way more than I know, and he could do way more than I can do. And if I could just lean and trust on that, I'm not going to leave this prayer with anxiety. I'm not going to leave this prayer worried because I have given it all to him, and he knows more than I do, so I'm going to lean towards his will anyway. He goes on, give us today our daily bread. Now, He's already got us bent towards his will and he knows us. He knows us well enough to know, okay, there's got to be a give us moment, right? Cause we do have things we need to ask for. We do have things we want to let know. We want to let God know that it is that we need. So he gets to this point. He says, give us today our daily bread, which we know if you've ever grown up in church or pretty much if you've ever seen, you know, early nineties cartoons, there was movies made about this. This is referring to the Israelites in the desert. And it's so fascinating that he points out this moment in history with God and his people because it's in this moment where God's people were completely and utterly dependent on God. And the disciples would have known this. As he's teaching this, the disciples would have instantly known, oh, he's referring to our history. He's referring to our past. He's referring to the Israelites in the desert. Which is to say this, which is to say this, God All that I need is going to come from you. God, you are my provision. Because when the Israelites were in the desert, every single day they were given, quote unquote, bread or manna. But they were not allowed to store up more than they could uh, uh, be allowed for that day. So they were allowed only a certain amount for that day. They could not store up more for the next day. Otherwise, it would go bad. They were completely and utterly dependent upon God. And this is the moment where we need to realize, God, I'm about to ask you for things. Because all that I need comes from you. You are my provision. Everything that I'm going to ask for needs to come from you. I am completely dependent on you and who you are. Then he gets to a point where uh, probably a lot of us like to skip over, but it's incredibly important. And he goes on, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. We need to get to the point where we acknowledge, okay, God, I'm acknowledging that I have sinned, that I have messed up. But beyond that, you in your grace have forgiven me. And because of that, I need to extend that grace to others. Because you have forgiven me, I'm acknowledging openly that I am a sinner. I'm acknowledging that I have done wrong, not only to you, but to other people. I'm acknowledging that you love other people and you have treated them with grace and because of that i need to do the same i am so incredibly grateful god for the grace that you have given me i am so incredibly grateful for what you have done for me and out of that i need to extend that grace and that forgiveness to others i'm going to acknowledge that i have sinned, and god has forgiven me and because of this i must extend this forgiveness to others and then he goes ahead and wraps it up And lead us not into temptation, because we could take care of that by ourselves. That's not what it says. He says, lead us into temptation, but lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, when he refers to the idea of leading us not into temptation and delivering us from the evil one, this is basically the notion that we need to go into prayer with the intent not to sin any more. Because let's be completely honest. Some of us have approached prayer like this. Some of us have approached prayer where we take our sin bucket and we're starting to feel a little guilty. Our sin bucket's starting to get a little full. So you know, you know what? It's been a while since I prayed. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And as I do that, I'm going to go ahead and empty my sin bucket with the full intention of turning right back around and going to do some more sin. But now that my sin bucket's empty, I'm going to feel okay for a little while. I'm going to feel pretty good for a little while. And then I'm going to go ahead and carry my two sin buckets. I'm going to go ahead and double blows. Then I'm going to feel good for a little while. I'm going to feel good for a little while. Then I'm going to have hope. God, can you help me carry my sin buckets from the car? I don't want to make two trips. I got all kinds of sin buckets, right? Listen. When we approach God, we need to sincerely honor him. And to the best of our ability, we're asking God, and we're telling God, God, I intend to not sin anymore. God, I intend to not do this anymore. Now, very, very clearly, we are imperfect. So I understand that this part is incredibly, incredibly difficult. But we dare not approach prayer and God as an emptying of our sin bucket. God, I honor you And to the best of my ability, help me not to sin any more. So Jesus lays out the model. He lays out the model and these three simple steps. And I want you to know these steps right here. Number one, we're going to go ahead and declare God's greatness. We're going to declare God's greatness because whenever I get to the point where I'm asking for what it is that I need or when I get to the point where I'm expressing my crisis mode and what's going on in my life, if I could just take a step back and declare God's greatness, my problem or whatever it is that I need is going to look just that much smaller up against how great God really is now just so you know for a second i do not for a second intend to diminish any of the things that you guys have prayed for and or have gone through some of you have had to pray prayers that i would not have to ever dream of but when we approach god and we acknowledge how great he is when we approach god and the first thing that we do is remember how incredible and powerful and loving he is It postures us to a moment where we can just say, you know what? I know what I'm going through is difficult. You know what? I know that I need this. But when I think about how great my God really is, this becomes just that much smaller. Declare God's greatness. Secondly is our S, surrender your will. God, help me to get from my will just to lean into yours just a little bit. God, I am not here to impose my will. I am here to surrender it. And lastly, is acknowledge your dependence. God, I need you. I can't do anything without you. God, if you don't breathe out, I don't breathe in, just like that song was saying earlier. God, if you don't breathe out, I don't breathe in. God, I absolutely need you, and I am dependent upon you for everything that is good in my life. DSA, for short should be easy to remember. If that's not easy enough to remember, here's what I want you to know, and this is probably gonna be the one that you're gonna remember. DSA, don't start off asking don't start off asking, right? Simple enough to remember. Simple enough to remember. When we start declaring God's greatness, we see how big he really is. We lean towards his will, and we recognize that our dependence, or we are completely dependent upon him. So the question we have to ask ourselves, or if we're really thinking about getting to this point, is this, is God, am I okay with you saying no? God, am I okay just to trust you and lean on you for this, God. When we when we pray like this, is what I want you to know. When we pray like this, declaring God's greatness, right? Declaring God's greatness, surrendering our will, acknowledging his, or acknowledging our dependence on Him. This is when we get to the point where we receive the reward that Jesus was talking about, which is. Peace. We leave those moments, we leave that time in prayer completely okay with what's around us because our God is bigger than anything that is going on around us. And we remember, we remember that in the midst of everything that's going on, if we could follow this model of prayer, we remember that God is able. Pastor Todd is going to go ahead and close out in just a second. But before he does, let me go ahead and pray for you guys. God, we thank you so much that you have given us a model that helps us to not only communicate and openly talk to you, God, but we thank you that you have given us a model that reminds us of how big you are in our lives, God. We thank you that you have given us a model where we have to acknowledge that maybe you know just a little bit more than we do, God, that we could surrender our will To you, God, and we can know that this prayer works every single time, not because we could twist your arm and bend you to our will, God, not because we could twist your arm and get you to move, God, but that this prayer works every single time, God, because it moves us. It moves us to acknowledge who you are. It moves us to acknowledge your greatness, God. It moves us to surrender our will, God, and it moves us to acknowledge our dependence lord so help us in these moments help us to find that time where we can close the door help us to find that time where we could separate ourselves from the craziness of life and openly talk to our father and remind us that all that is good in our life comes from you god remind us that we can depend on you lord and thank you for the reward that comes with being your child which is peace that is our prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.